Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to thank everyone that is joining us online, on Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube Live, on our website. I have a feeling we have thousands of people watching and uh, that are going to be touched by this message and by this service. Uh, So I want to welcome you, and I want to believe God is able to use any means. This is not ideal, but God wins through any means. And that is what we've read from the Bible. God doesn't need an army. Sometimes he decides to use less people than we imagine. Sometimes he decides to win a war with praise and worship. Sometimes he can win with the job of an ass. Uh, anything that God has, the Lord can use it. So I want you to join your faith with me wherever you are. I know many of you are disappointed. You are not able to be in church. Uh, I got so many texts yesterday, people wanting to come. And we had to tell them, please stay home because we believe this is the most responsible thing for us to do. So I thank you for your obedience. And I, uh, and I thank you that you are sitting home. I want you to create an environment of church in your house. Uh, Don't take it casual. Don't just say, you know, it's not a big deal. No, I want you to create that same environment. But I want you to do something. I want you to also share this. Let's flood the airwaves with the message of hope. The message is so depressing out there. So I want you to say, let's all join ourselves together and say we're going to share the message of hope, the message of faith. So share this on your social media. Text it to people that you know. And let's make sure people hear this message. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to start with prayer. Let us pray. So, Father, we thank you because you are here. You are everywhere. People are sitting right now watching. All over the world. And I'm asking that you will make your presence known to them. There are people out there overcome with fear, anxiety. I'm asking that the peace of God that passes understanding, we overcome their fear in the mighty name of Jesus. There might even be people out there watching who are sick. Maybe they've contacted this virus. I am praying in the mighty name of Jesus that your healing power will rest upon them and touch them in the mighty name of jesus lord i'm praying for every child every child that is sitting there watching with their parents or maybe in their room watching on their phone i'm praying that they will receive encouragement i am praying that the peace of god with that passes understanding will rest upon them that they will know even in the midst of this fear and crisis the lord is with them i am praying for our elderly folks who are gripped with fear, knowing that they are more susceptible to this. 
I am praying that they will know, Lord, that you care for them, that you are with them, that you will protect them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you will use me this morning uh, to be a blessing to your people, to speak your word the way you wanted it to be spoken, and your name will be glorified. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Today, I'm going to speak to you briefly on what I call opportunity in times of crisis. I believe God, the God that we serve, has a record of turning crisis into opportunities. In fact, when you look at the history of the church and of the world in general, moments of breakthroughs have always been preceded by crises in the world. So I trust God, you know, that even in this moment of crisis, as children of God, we will see it differently. Hallelujah. Very important. If we respond correctly, every tragedy can turn into opportunities, especially for believers. And that is my message for you today. But we're going to have to respond correctly. Isaiah chapter 8, verses 12 and 13 says, Do not call conspiracy everything these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. That is, you are the one to fear. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. That is, don't join the world to panic the way the world is panicking. Don't join the world to dread the way the world is dreading. Don't join the world to chatter and say negative things, doomsayers. No, I want you to, the Bible says you have to be different. And that is my challenge to you. If we are going to respond correctly, the Lord can touch even, turn this, even this tragedy into opportunities and testimonies. But I want to answer a few questions theologically in a few minutes. I have had people who believe that this, this tragedy is from God. In fact, I was in Rwanda when somebody asked me, what do you think of this coronavirus? And I asked her, what do you think? And he said, I think God is punishing the world because our sin is too much. And I said, no, 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 no. That is not the God that we serve. I had somebody said, oh, it's because of the sin of China that God is bringing uh, this on China. But now he's in America, so what do we say? Now he's in Europe, what do we say to that? You know, and I have so many people have come up with different theory, and I just want to try and set the record straight, because as New Testament believer, we need to see God from a point of view of redemption. God is no longer the God of the Old Testament that we see, because of Jesus, because of the cross, God changed the way he looks at the world. God looks at the world from the standpoint of redemption. He doesn't look at the world like in the Old Testament where it is Israel versus the rest of the world, right? Israel is a physical nation. The rest of the world are enemies of Israel. So God will destroy nation that destroy Israel, or that tried to attack Israel. That changed. There's no longer physical Israel anymore. Israel now is the church of the living God. Israel now is the kingdom of God. So the battle is no longer physical battle. It's spiritual now. You have the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. 
you have you know the enemy versus christ that's where the battle is now so this is not a physical thing about one nation versus one nation i want you to please get that also the nature of our god is spelled out for us in second peter chapter 3 verse 9 i'm going to give you a few scripture second peter chapter 3 verse 9 says the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The God that we serve does not want anyone to perish. It doesn't delight in sinners perishing, no matter what they have done. No, 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 no. That is not the nature of our God. So don't go out there and say, you know what, it's because of your sin that this, you know, that this problem is here, that we have this crisis now. No. That is not true. We also know from the nature of our God, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, that if you then, being evil, know how to give good gift to your children, how much more with your Father in heaven give, give good, a good gift to those who ask him? There are people who say, well, it's because of the sin of the church. It's because we have sinned, we have neglected God. You know, we are not doing what we're supposed to do. That is why God is bringing coronavirus. If that is true, then God is not a good father. Because, I mean, I don't destroy my kids because they disobey. I mean, even in the physical, I will have to answer to the social services to that. That will be child abuse. So God does not say, oh, because you are not doing what you're supposed to do, I am going to afflict you with COVID-19. That is not the nature of our God. Even we that are evil, we don't do that. We don't afflict our children. So that is not true. God is a good father. Hallelujah. Now, so who is responsible? Satan is responsible. We know that. We know that, like I told you, it's now the battle of the kingdom of darkness versus kingdom of light. And Jesus told us, and I want you to note these scriptures. I mean, they are being displayed, so I want you to please write them down. You can study them. Jesus told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that Satan is the god of this earth, this world, rather, not earth, world. The world system is controlled by the devil until Jesus comes. So we know that. That is very important to know. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, this is Apostle John saying, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. I want you to look at that. This is the Bible saying that the whole world, the world system is under the control of the evil one. So he's responsible to that. Now, until there will be a time, there will be a time called the millennia. During the, it is at the, at the millennia that God is going to regain that control fully. That is why in Revelation chapter, 15, I mean chapter 11, verse 15, Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, when the seven trumpets sounded, which is marking the end of the seven years of uh, tribulation and ushering the 1,000 years of millennia. Look at, how, look, at how what, look at what the Bible says. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. So right now, God is not reigning completely, you know, on the affairs of the, of the world. Now, but what God is doing is God is, you know, reigning in his kingdom. 
So God is having absolute control in his own kingdom on earth. So it's very, very important. Now, we as children of the kingdom, we have a responsibility to limit the work of the devil. And that's where maybe we have failed. All right? Maybe we have failed. And I want you to know that. And, you know, we as believers, we should take responsibility for that in some ways. I mean, when there was a time this crisis was a China crisis, right? It was a China crisis. I remember we prayed here in church. Since late January, I started raising this prayer. And I remember even making statement that I believe coronavirus is to, to attack the economy of the world. I don't know why I said that at the time, but I just said that. But obviously, even me, myself, I did not pray with the intensity. I am doing it now. So I think, obviously, the church, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, we have a responsibility to play, to play in some of this. I mean, so it is possible that it is because we are sleeping. You know, you remember in Matthew chapter 19, verse 27, you know, Jesus talked about the parable of the man that sold, and in the night the enemy came and sowed weed. And, uh, and they came and asked the master, you know, and they asked him, you know, who did this? And the master said, an enemy did this. I want you to know the enemy is behind coronavirus. It is not God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, John 10, 10 tells us the goal of the enemy is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That, and that is, the, that is the blueprint of the virus. It is stealing from us. Stealing our time, stealing our economy, stealing our money. I don't know about you. I have looked at my portfolio. It is not looking good right now. Uh, for those of us who have retirement benefit, it's stealing. It's still, it is stealing trillions of dollars, uh, you know, from the economy. It's stealing people's paycheck now. You know, some of us, maybe we're there. We're not able to work. We are brothers, you know, would, you know, would depend on, you know, I mean, Uber driving. We are no longer there. We are brothers and sisters in real estate. You know, now there's no business. We are brothers and sisters who are, you know, maybe hourly paid. We are brothers and sisters in the service industry. You know, those industries are closed now. We are brothers and sisters who are businesses, you know, whose businesses are not thriving. So the goal of the enemy is to steal, so, and he's doing that right now. His goal is to, to kill, and so many people have died, thousands of people. I think all over the world now, we probably have like 12,000 people who have died. You know, in the, in the United States, it's, it's, it's going on 250 people who have died. In New Jersey alone, I think we have maybe 12 or in that, I don't know the number, what the number is exactly now. You know, obviously it's killed some people because that is the trail of the enemy. When he's at work, we know. is to steal, is to kill, and is to destroy. You know, and I think this is big. The role of coronavirus is to destroy our way of life. You know, it seeks to destroy our way of life, the way we operate. You know, that's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy. I mean, now I'm getting reports now. Instances of DV, domestic violence, has increased because we are not everybody's home. All right? Instances of uh, depression is spiking up. Anxiety, panic attack is spiking up. You know, our way of life. Now we, everybody is a suspect now. You know, you can, hand, you can shake people. You're six feet away from everyone. I mean, and there are people who need this contact. In fact, we are created as social beings. I cannot even imagine the effect of social distancing over the next three, six months, you know, on our way of life. 
I mean, that is going to lead to more problem. Now, we have no choice than to do it to defeat the virus, but I think the enemy is two steps ahead. All this thing is to destroy our way of life and to create bigger problem in future. But I believe that the enemy has crossed his bound. And the church of God, we are waking up. We are going to really just stand in the gap and we're going to pray and destroy his work. That's why I want to encourage you to join this prayer that we're doing. Our prayer ministry has started 21 days of prayer, but we're going to step it up in the next three days. I want you to please join me tomorrow, 5 p.m. We're going to be sending the prayer point, 5 p.m. For the next three days, we're going to pray. We're still going to have the 9 p.m. prayer because we can never pray too much. This is a monumental crisis that requires a monumental response. So please join me tomorrow as we fast and pray. We have to go ahead. We have to prevent the enemy from having his way, from destroying our way of life, from destroying our, you know, our society, from destroying our economy, from killing our people, from destroying things, from stealing from us. And that is what we're going to pray. But we're going to also pray ultimately that what he meant for evil, God, we turn it to good. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says if the enemy knew, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know, that's how, you know, the enemy overplayed his hand when he crucified Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 tells us that. He overplayed his hand because the wisdom of God is in a mystery. I believe the church of God is praying now. We are rising up. We are praying in understanding. We are praying in the spirit. We are fired up now because we are back into the war. And our prayer is going to make a difference. I trust our prayer is going to lead to revival. And I believe, God, if you're a member of Agape House and you're worried, and many people have texted me, you know, what's going to happen to our church? You know, how about our finances as a church? You know, what's going to happen to all the bills we have? What's going to happen to this and to that? I want you to please listen. I want you to listen. This crisis will make us a stronger church. This crisis will make us a stronger church. The Lord gave me that word, I am at peace. So I'm not worried about all that at all. I mean, but, you know, we're going to be a stronger church, a more effective church. I mean, we, we never believe that we can run a service with 10 people. And it is most likely today we're going to reach more people than we are reaching. And uh, even when we come back together, we're not going to lose the influence we're having online. So I believe that, you know, the enemy caused it. But God is going to use it. And that is what is going on even in your life. Many people now, I'm sure you're looking at me. This has affected you personally. You're a business person. You know? And you are really, really, really having challenges. You're a businessman. You're a businesswoman. And this is really, 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 uh, it has really robbed you. It has really affected you. Or your job is hourly. You know? And you have, you have been affected. You know, you know, your savings are gone. You know, I want you to believe God. I want you to not just give in to fear of the enemy. I believe strongly this will end in testimony for you. And that's what we have to bind together and rob the enemy of victory. That at the end of this, he's going to regret this ever happened. Because we're going to rise up and defeat it. And we're going to remove his plan and we're going to replace it with the plan of God. Praise the name of Jesus. I have a few minutes, but I'm going to really share a few things now.
you know, you know, I'm going to share how, you know, you know, opportunities in time of crisis. I believe this crisis presents a wonderful opportunity for us as children of God. Wonderful opportunity. And I'm going to say a few things. I'm going to give us a few points that I want you to know. I believe, number one, it is an opportunity for us to demonstrate our faith in God. It is. It is an opportunity. Because now we have no choice. We must really dig in into God. We started the year like challenging us to go deeper. The way you stand in crisis if is, it is, if, is if your root is deep. The way you stand in times of famine. And you remember I was giving those, uh, uh, those analogy of trees that survive in time of famine, in times of drought, are the ones that have tap roots. This is a time to even grow deeper to demonstrate our faith in God. There's, it's a scripture that the Holy Spirit puts in my heart, Malachi chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, that I want to encourage you with. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, on the, on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, and I believe God is acting now, they will be my treasured possession. You are God's treasured possession. I will spare them. The Lord will spare you. And I want to declare over your life, the Lord will spare you. Just as, fa just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serve him. Because you are his son, you are his daughter who serve him, the Lord will spare you in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's go on verse 18. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not. This crisis is going to put a distinction. It's going to put a distinction between those who serve God, between those who know God. The difference between peace and hope is whether you know God and you don't know it. The difference between prosperity in time of famine is whether you know God or you don't know him. And this is an opportunity to dig in and demonstrate our faith in God. Uh, Psalm 20, verse 7 and 8 says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. The whole world is in his knees right now. You know, who, who, you know, I mean, who would have been able to tell us that we will come to this crisis because of a virus that we can't even see? I mean, look at how many trillions of dollars we have invested in ammunition, stockpile, you know, I mean, uh, our arsenal, you know, nuclear weapon, all kinds of weapon, you know, that we are prepared. We have anti-ballistic missile, and we have something that can destroy missile, so we are not touched. But we were not prepared for this. We're not prepared for this. So, you know, you see that, you know, our trust has been, but we as children of God, hallelujah, we trust in the name of the Lord. This is a time to really demonstrate that trust. This is an opportunity for us. So I want you to demonstrate. I want you to dig in. I want you to go into the word of God. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge. This is a time to really make him our refuge. He's our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. 
Though the earth give way and mountains fall into the heart of the sea. This is what we are experiencing now. Very crazy time. Though its waters roar and foam in the mount, and the mountains quake with their surging. And the Bible said there is a river. You know, the Lord started giving us words about that river. Hallelujah. There is a river whose stream may glad the city of God. The holy place where the most high dwell. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at daybreak. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Hallelujah. God is our fortress. Hallelujah. And this is a time for us to really dig in into God. I mean, we have no choice. We have nothing else to depend on now. We have to hold on to him. And this is a time to truly demonstrate our faith in God. The second opportunity it presents to us is an opportunity to rediscover our priority. Yes, many of us have been home now for a week or days, and you are going crazy <laughs> because of your children. <laughs> that's, a, that's your priority. Now we are, you know, I think for a long time too, our priority have not been right. Our priority has been vanity. Now we realize that most of those things that we hold very dear, they have been taken from us. You know, most of those things we hold very dear, they have been taken from us. You know, there's a lot of things we think we need, they are really not need. There are a lot of things we think, you know, we just need, but they are just want. I think it's an opportunity for us to reassess, to say, where is my priority? Have I put my priority in, you know, where it's supposed to be? Has my priority been on God? Has it been on my family? Have I really cared enough for them? You know, have I really, you know, have I really, really taken time? Husband and wife, have you taken time? Have you taken time to even discover who you are? Or are we just busy running around, running around, running around? You know, now you can't run around anymore. You know, now maybe you're running your mouth on social media. You are crazy. You are, you know, you are mad at everyone. No, 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 no. This is an opportunity to truly rediscover our priority. Ecclesiastes 1, 12 to 14 says, I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom, all that is done under heaven. Look at what he said. It is an unhappy business. God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. Most of our thing is just striving after wind. You know, we're just striving. We're going all over. Now we can't anymore. We need to really calm down and rediscover. Hallelujah. Number three. Running up now very soon, it is an opportunity to demonstrate our love for each other. This is an opportunity for us. You know, loving one another is one of the most important ways we can truly be a witness to the world. And I want to speak to you if you're a member of Agape House of Worship. If you're a member of Agape House of Worship, I want you to really, this is a time to truly show your love to our brothers and sisters. We have brothers out there now, maybe who have lost their job. Why don't you reach out to them? If you have a job, you have income, this is the time to show love to somebody. This is the time to remember 
you know, that individual that works in the service industry and they are not able to work. You know, or those hourly that are not able to work. And be a blessing to them. Send them a, some money on Cash App or Zelle or buy them grocery or something like that. You know, or just show your love. Let's care for one another. All right, please. This is an opportunity to truly, truly demonstrate that we love each other. John 13, 35 says, by this, everyone, that is the old word, everyone we know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Let's reach out to the elderly among us. I mean, we have single parents who are by themselves. Can we just give them a call? FaceTime them. Pray for them. Reach out to them. Ask how they are doing. If they have a need, you know, you know, send them something. You can order them some food and have it delivered to their house. You know, let's do that. You know, 1 John 3.18 tells us, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. I believe strongly God is going to be dropping people into your mind. As you go through your day, you will remember somebody. And that's what I've been trying to do now. I'm saying, Holy Spirit, please, you know, just bring people to my mind. You know, there are people that I'm not able to even remember. I, even this morning, I had to text a few people and ask them how they are doing. You know, and, you know, especially people that I believe, I mean, maybe they are lonely. You know, so please, you know, just, you know, just, just do that. Just respond to the Holy Spirit. Just ask how people are doing. You know, just share. The early church, they did that. You know, they did that because they were in crisis. You know, they were in crisis. They had no government support. They were persecuted. And that is why they supported each other. People sold what they have so that others who are in need can have. Crisis must prove, is giving us an opportunity to demonstrate our love for each other. So Agape House, please do. And the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And lastly, crisis is an opportunity for us to, to be reminded to take our stewardship of the earth more seriously. You see, God has given us, he has made us stewards of the world around us. As believers, you know, now we realize crisis in China can become our crisis in a matter of weeks or months. So those prayer points that we raise, and we're going to really take it, even me, I would take it more seriously now. When there's disaster somewhere, you know, it's not just disaster somewhere. <laughs> you know, you know, how I wish we raised three days fasting and prayer for China. I mean, yeah, we prayed five minutes in church. <laughs> you know, we, we prayed five minutes in church. You know, how I wish we, we, we went on our knees and we go serious, hardcore, gung-ho the way we're going now. We, do, we did this 21-day prayer, you know, when this crisis was somewhere else, you know. So I take responsibility for that. We all should take responsibility for that. But I think this will remind us, you know, it's an opportunity to be reminded. God is, even though his crisis brought by the enemy, now we are reminded, oh, my God, when there's crisis in Cambodia, in Africa, in Asia, somewhere, it's not just far away anymore. 
you know, that crisis is also our crisis. And God has given it to us. We are responsible for our world. We are the only, we are the salt of the earth. That is, we are the only antivirus, <laughs> hallelujah, that God has placed on earth. You know, we are the antivirus. That's what salt does. You know, we are the light of the world. We are the only cure for darkness that is going on in the world. And Jesus said, if the, dark, if the lamp, you know, is now put under a bushel, how can that light light the whole world? So we're going to be a lot more responsive. I think it gives us an opportunity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, to really, really take that more responsibly. Hallelujah. So I really believe this has taught you. If you're listening to me, you have not given your life to Jesus. You don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I believe this is an opportunity for you. I don't know where you're watching from, but I know there are people watching. You just stumble on this. Somebody sent it to you. Uh, and you're, you know, you're scared. I want to let you know. There's a reason why you should not be scared, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. When Jesus is in your boat, you have no reason to be scared. But if he's not, you have every reason to be afraid. So I would like to pray for you in a moment, and I would like you to repeat after me. I'm just going to pray for you. I want you to put your hands where you are standing on your chest. You can go on your knees, and I'm going to just pray for you. And I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, Father, I thank you because you sent Jesus to die for me. Today, I confess my sin, my sin of neglecting you, neglecting your word, neglecting your way of salvation. Today, I accept that salvation. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I pray that you will come to me and you will give me eternal life. And I pray from today, I will live my life to please and honor you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. If you make that decision today, I want you to email info at agapehousenj.org. That will be displayed on the screen. Info at agapehousenj.org. Uh, and, uh, you know, we will reach out to you. You can also email me directly pastor at agapehousenj.org, pastor, P-A-S-T-O-R, at agapehousenj.org. Just say, I gave my life to Christ during the broadcast online, and I want to know more about how I can walk with Jesus. I'm going to pray for everyone that is watching me. I just want to pray for you now. Father, in Jesus' name, I speak blessing over your people. I declare blessing. I declare protection over them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I put an edge of fire around them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare over your life, no evil shall be for you. No plague shall come near your dwelling. The Lord will protect you. The Lord will protect all that is yours. The Lord will protect your children. The Lord will protect your family. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord will keep you in all his way, in all your ways. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for our brothers, you know, who maybe because of what is going on, there's loss of job, they are, you, know, they are, you know, their means of income is shaky right now. I'm praying for a miracle for them. I am praying for supernatural provision. I am praying that you will raise help. I am praying that you will raise people. You will put, you know, their thoughts in people's mind to be a blessing to them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I'm praying that you will demonstrate this season that you are their provider. I'm praying for anyone there who is sick, maybe, you know, has contracted this virus. I'm praying for healing. In the mighty name of Jesus, I speak over your life, supernatural healing. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for our students, our children who are watching now. You know, they've been affected. They are home. They are going crazy. They are scared. They want to go back to school. I'm praying for peace for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I'm praying that God, you will reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. In the mighty name of Jesus, this will not have any negative effect on them. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Children, I want to speak to you. I want to encourage you. I mean, don't think this is the end of the world. All right? Have fun. All right? You know, just enjoy the time. Parents, let them have fun. You know, let them mess up the house a little bit. All right? Let them just, uh, let everybody try to lighten up. Don't be too tired. If you're a parent, you're stressed off about homework, about teaching them, homeschooling. I mean, don't take these things seriously. Don't blame yourself. You didn't cost this. Just find opportunity to relax, tell stories, read books, do things that will really make everybody at ease. And may the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. We're going to